Did you ever play hide and go seek as a kid? You know, the game where you get all your friends together only to show them how good you are at isolating yourself from them. The trick was never to go for the best hiding place, too obvious. The real trick was to camouflage yourself into your surroundings. Hide in plain sight. Let their expectations and lack of creativity do all the hard work for you. Then, when you reveal yourself, all they can do is smack their heads and wonder, how? Hera, Talc, Char, Eros, Clark, Rhea. Who, I wonder, is hiding in the shadow of our confidence? I lay back on my bed, exactly three pillows short of what I would have requested. I keep my nose as far from the stale, stiff sheets as possible, trace my fingertips along my collarbone. I won't be getting any sleep before dawn. Too many of my friends in bed with me. I'm not gonna knock on the door. You knock on the door. I spend a moment convinced the whispering outside is just in my head. I slip silently into a pair of fur-lined slippers by the foot of my bed, creep towards the door. It occurs to me for the first time, whoever hurt Apollo could also hurt me. Because I'm important. And... Twenty times more likely to figure out who did this than anyone else. Stop it. Just do it. She likes you better than she likes me anyway. She doesn't like anyone. My hand drifts instinctively to my stomach. Rests there. I wish it would fucking kick now. Or just do something to let me know it's there. It has my back. I'm not so alone here. I'm not doing this for me. I pull the door open when I hear Eros's voice. He and Rhea start when they see me. Well, old habits, huh, guys? I still have Apollo's blood on my shoes, Rhea protests. Whatever gets you in the mood, I guess. Persephone, Eros growls. Rhea, aren't you supposed to be with Hera? She shifts a little fixes her stooped posture. So used to being draped on arrows, she's forgotten how to stand straight. I need to talk to everyone. Is that why you're down here? More or less? She sighs. Can we come in? Eros whispers, throwing a glance over his shoulder. I shrug and step aside, watch as they duck the low doorway into my car. Rhea drops onto my bed. Can you not do that? She opens her mouth to say something, but just puts her hands up in surrender. Stands on the opposite side of the car from Eros, who leans against a window. Cool glass pressed to the back of his bare head. I stay where I am by the door, preferring to stay out of the direct pull of tension between them. I don't know if they want to kill each other or fuck each other, but whatever it is, I'd rather them do it in private. I clear my throat. <clears throat> so, uh, what are we doing here, friends? We need you to agree with us, Eros says, 
Well, that depends on what in God's name you two have in mind. We don't want to let anyone know Apollo is hurt, says Rhea. You know, eventually people are going to realize Apollo is dead, and then whoever, I lead, looking at Rhea, did this will only get in more trouble. It wasn't me, she says through gritted teeth. We know that, so we think we should just push him off the train when we're in the middle of nowhere. Are you insane? I balk. But before thing one and thing two can respond, there's a knock at the door a few inches from my head. Persephone? It's Hera. Shit. I think, letting my face do all the talking. The two tall idiots frantically look around the room for somewhere to hide. But there's nothing large enough. Except the bed. I jerk my head in its direction and they exchange a quick glance before sliding beneath it. I pull my blanket down to cover their dirty shoes. There's another knock. And I take a deep breath, then relax my eyes as if I was just sleeping. I open the door. Hi. I peer around her to the closed hallway of bedroom doors behind her. There's a thump within one of them. She jerks her head towards the sound with none of the poise of the old Hera and all the fierceness of the new one. We should go inside, she says quietly. Um, maybe we should just talk out Persephone, she says in the most old Hera way possible, in control. I say nothing, just turn around and walk deeper into the room. She follows, shuts the door behind her, locks it. Her eyes scan every surface in the room. They rest on the bed for just a second. I like your room, she says, swallowing the Mr. Hyde sneaking into her voice. It's sweet. She finishes, fingering the tassel of a lampshade older than both of us. I sit on the edge of the bed taking up a lot of space so she thinks I don't want her to sit. I watch her continue to squirm. When Rhea was missing, she was freaked out, exhausted, but it was nothing like this. Rhea's gone, for now. My head is pulling me in a million directions. She begins, walking to one side of the car, then the other. You know how I feel about him. I nod. But you know how I felt about him. I keep waiting for her to calm down on her own, to assimilate to this new stress, manage it like always. But she doesn't. The more she stalks from side to side, the more worked up she seems to become. She works the sleeve of her sweater over with a nail to the point of nearly fraying it. I want to say something comforting, but it's just occurred to me, she's the second best suspect on this train. My skin prickles with dread. To hear Rhea tell it, you'd think Hera has bulked up superhuman status. But really, I've barely noticed any changes, except maybe she looks better in sleeveless dresses. 
Now, however, I'm thinking about how much of a physical advantage even that would give her over me. Surely Eros would come out from under the bed if she drops her voice. I... I need your help. Hera, whatever happened, I'm sure there's an explanation. A, a justification. We need to get him off the train. We need to get him help. Doesn't she realize she has more to lose than anyone? She can't hide behind any viability. I can't let him die like this. I know, I know what he is better than anyone else alive, but he, he needs to live. I swear, I will make him miserable every day for the rest of his life. I'll make Rebecca get him off your back, whatever you want. I don't know what this is, but it isn't guilt. And besides, why would she want him to wake up so badly if she did it? Hera, I don't know how I can help you. We're going to vote on whether or not we should stop. I know Rhea and Eros are just a few inches below me. Their bodies nearly pressed together in the dark. Straight-backed and silent, staring up at me as if from graves. But Hera is here, looking right into my eyes. I have to stay as neutral as possible until we know how this thing shakes out. I run the numbers in my head. I will say we should get him help. But she doesn't relax. We already know what Eros wants. Rhea will probably vote the same. And Clark with her. Sharon could go either way. Now, finally, she stops moving. She sits on a chair in the corner of the car. Well, if the majority votes against you, us, us, whatever happens will be on their conscience. Yes, that's how I'm going to play this. Of course, I think we should stop. But the majority rules. Hera shakes her head. I can't leave this up to a vote. That's why I need your help. Okay. You could make anyone do anything right now. For the next six months, at least. I can practically hear Rhea think below me. I get up and cross to Hera. If you said you had an emergency, or anything, they'd stop for longer. Apollo would... Hera... Hera, I can't. But you just said you don't want him to die like this. Yeah, but I also think we're in this together. <laughs> wow, I should be president once Rebecca's had her turn. We have to focus on us. She's quiet, somewhere far away. When you last saw him, did he still have the bag? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, his purse. Someone hid that for him to find on the train. He couldn't figure out how to open it. What? We don't know who left it or what was in it. But what if that's what this is all about? 
She stopped trying to appeal to me with raw motion and is now using something I find much more appealing. Logic. There's always the chance this was someone who we haven't even considered. I mean, worst case scenario, someone was targeting him because as far as the world knows, he's viable and successful, like you. You want me to believe someone is going to attack me next? The Persephone I've always known would never put all her trust into someone else, especially this group of someone else's. And she stands. We can be off this train in a matter of hours. I'll think about it, I concede as Hera glides towards the door. Purse. She slides back into vulnerability. Hiding the truth is something Apollo does, not us. And she leaves. I wait a few moments before whispering, she's gone. Rhea rolls out from under the bed first. I wait for her to comment on any of what she just heard. Her sister's obvious distress. But instead, I'm going to talk to Sharon. She slowly opens the door, peeks out. There must be no sign of Hera because I watch her slip out the door and hear another close moments later. What do you know about this bag? I say, as Eros crawls out from under the bed. He shakes his head. Nothing. I saw it in his room, but it was closed. You aren't really thinking of having an emergency or whatever, right? I don't know. I'm thinking it over. Well, I promise you Apollo didn't think over killing Iris. And when he did have time to consider what to do next, he went with, let anyone and everyone else get accused, and whatever happens, happens. Can you really live with letting him die? He stoops down, leans into my face. I look forward to it. He leans back, tries to blink the blackness away from his eyes. Vote how you want, but I think what you said about sticking together is right. We're all we've got. He takes me by my arms, runs a thumb along the curve of my shoulders so tenderly. For a moment, I'm terrified he's going to kiss me. Persephone. And he pulls me close to him. I breathe a sigh of relief when I only feel his hot, sweet breath in my ear. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And I wonder just how many people our God of love has promised that to today. Raya, Shar, are you sure? Absolutely. He nods, serious. I don't know if anyone has as much to talk to Rebecca about as I do. His perfect smile appears somewhere in his dense beard. You aren't afraid? I mean, a little, but you've got my back, right? The question at the end is strange. Uh, yeah, of course, dude. He hugs me tightly. 
He's not wearing a shirt because, of course, he isn't. The skin on his chest is hot to the touch. Whoa, are you okay? Alarmed, he pulls away. You just feel like you're a million degrees. I'm good. Okay, great, I say as he reclines back on the lower bunk in his room. He stretches out, absent-mindedly tracing his abs. I gotta ask you something. It's kinda awkward. No, I have not fucked Clark. Uh, no, <laughs> not that, but that is kinda in the ballpark. He reaches for my hand. I, uh, wanna try copping tomorrow. What? I know the timing sucks, but I have a really good feeling about this. Shar, are you kidding? Why would I be kidding? Because copping is the last thing I want to do right now. It's not like you're going to have the baby tomorrow. You're being an idiot. And he yanks my hand towards him with such force, I smack my head on the top bunk. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Get off me. I shove him away. I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. What is wrong with you? I say, getting to my feet, head throbbing. He just stares at me, speechless. And don't let me hear you bring up copping again. At that, he stands up, his stupid hot face twisting in confusion. Rhea, you don't get it. This for me? The time? He presses his eyes shut, sweat beating on his brow. I'm sorry, I can't think straight. Well, try being smacked in the head. I spit, leaving him there and heading for the... The... I don't know where I'm heading, I just... Raya, are you all right? Clark appears in the doorway of my room. What are you doing? Oh, I'm waiting to talk to you in your new second head. He says, gesturing towards the lump on my forehead. Shall we put something on the, uh... Ah, here. I follow him into my room and to my mini-fridge. He takes my water bottle out and presses it to my head. Here, sit. He leads me to the bunk, sits me on the edge, looks seriously into my face, small, tidy features focused. He holds one finger up. If you don't mind, please follow my finger with your eyes. He moves back and forth. I track him, feeling very stupid. Ah, okay, great. Now, um, keep your eyes open. He hits a small button on his ID bracelet and it lights up. I wince. Ah, your pupils are responding. Cool. It means you aren't concussed. Which is cool indeed. Where did you learn that? Ah, Looks like I know something you don't. What happened? Maybe we should just each keep our secrets tonight. Clark frowns. It was a dumb, char thing I was trying to talk to him about the plan. Clark's face goes blank, which is not a good thing. Because we need to distract Rebecca to keep her from noticing Apollo is absent. Yeah, yeah. Also spoke with Purse, and she'll go along with it only as long as the majority votes for it. Otherwise, I mean, she actually thinks we should get him help. Clark sits next to me. Which is crazy, right? I... I don't know. He spins to me, face so easy to read I could do it from across the room if I had to. 
Why? Why do we need to decide what happens next? This stops me a bit. Because we can? Raya. Clark. Raya, why? Really, an hour ago you seemed unsure. I mean, what's changed? Well, Eros. You've been with Eros. Yeah, he came to me to let me know. The reason he pitched this was because of Hera. Because she's the most at risk of being punished. Like, worse than they could do to us. And even if she didn't do it, she's just such a convenient suspect. He's quiet, thinking this over, realizing how right I am. I think that's a very convenient thing for him to say. Or that. You seriously think Eros did this? Can he just leave whatever rivalry they have out of this? I seriously do. I found his chewing gum in the room where we found Apollo, even though he never mentioned being there. This... This is news to me. When he approached me earlier tonight, all he did was talk about Hera. He didn't say he did or didn't do this? No. I mean, it makes sense that he'd want to protect her. She's always been like a sister to him, too. It only took me an hour to realize Hera didn't want or need me there. I thought if I sat quietly, she might bounce ideas off me or let me in. But every time she remembered I was there, she only pushed me further away. Eris was waiting at the bottom of the stairs for me. He was just as cold as he'd been for months, but we both agreed we needed to help Hera. I can practically feel his skin on mine again, just there at the elbows, hidden underneath Persephone's bed while Hera paced around the car. He just was staring up, his expression vacant, like it always is when he's focusing. His saucer eyes glowed in the darkness, and it felt like some kind of parallel universe to the one we used to live in. Our bodies, cold inside and out, stiff and side by side, bore no resemblance to the ones that spent so many hot days drippy and melted together like candle wax, too fused for either of us to stand and turn on the AC. Could he have been thinking about what he did to Apollo? I guess so. I guess... I mean, I guess it makes sense that he did do this. And that doesn't bother me, I think. With no sudden burn of surprise, no dull ache of pain, and that absence alarms me more than my suspicion. Raya... Clark says, lightly touching my hand. He leaves it there. I'm not telling you this because of... because I'm jealous of him. He shakes his head. I think I'm actually the least jealous of him I've ever been. I don't know why you'd ever be jealous of him. He's a mess. I tell him, and... Although I get the big alarm bell reason Clark would be jealous of Eros, kind of hard to pretend I don't after me and Hera's earlier conversation. Clark shouldn't wish he was anything like Eros. I mean, for one, he's cuter. Yeah, Eros is tall and swaggery, but it's really his smile that draws you to him. An uneasy and untroubled grin that reminds you there's no point in living if you're not having fun. And, uh... He's not doing a lot of work with that smile right now. 
Besides, Clark, though, he's got these really gorgeous eyes and the blonde hair, which pretty much no one has. But I don't tell him any of that. Instead, I go with, You're a better conversationalist, I say, biting my tongue so I don't finish with, Iris and I did not do a lot of talking. Not to say, of course, that with Eris it was just physical, it was just more like chemical. Oh man, do I not want to be thinking about this right now. Look, Clark, Eris might have done this. He probably did. I don't want to not deal with that, but right now I just want to make sure my sister doesn't get fucked over. I just don't. Don't then answer until the morning, okay? I'm not in the mood to find out if Clark is a better debater than Eros. What kind of reasons did Persephone give for voting the way she is? He asks, which reminds me, what were you guys talking about? I say, to distract him, and also because I really am curious. He pauses, lies down. What do you think? He says, popping his head up on his arm. The... I trail off, gesture vaguely to my stomach. Baby? Yeah, I think the whole thing is equally hard for her to wrap her head around. Well, she doesn't act like it. Maybe only around you. It is impressive how little you two understand each other after all this time. She doesn't make it easy. No, but neither do you. She just, I think, wants something you have. Always has. That's such bullshit. She's the one who's carrying. She's the most important fucking however she puts it. Yeah, but look, since you were kids, I mean, you know you've been some kind of star of the stars. Because of Hera, I promise you, if I weren't a sacred sister, it would have been the Iris show. I say, lying down beside him, feeling a little annoyed, I have to explain this. You've had 23 years to alienate everyone just by being yourself, and despite your best efforts, you haven't. There's just some kind of alchemy going on here. He gestures to my face. Probably a combination of reluctance, arrogance, nerve. <laughs> nerve as hell, actually. He's just a few inches from my face. Our feet tangled up so we're facing each other on the small bed. But what do I think really separates you from everyone else, Rhea? <laughs> is that you are scary as hell. Why? Because... When you want something, you can make it happen in a way that nobody else can. I swallow, surprised by how dry my throat has become. I talk over my heart beating hard. I think I should try to get some sleep, otherwise I'll get really scary. I say, forcing a laugh. Okay. And he moves to get up. No, no, um, stay if you want. I kick off my shoes, he does the same. I reach out, snap the lamp off, and lie back down. Our backs are pressed against each other. I hear him breathing in the dark, but my body can feel him, warm and awake behind me. 
I should warn you, I've been um, sleepwalking. Hmm, that right, is all he says before I hear him turn and gently lay his arm over me. His breath is in my ear now. I know he's awake. Every nerve ending in my body knows he's awake. Have you ever tried it? I ask, lowly. What? He responds. Getting what you want. I don't want to sleep with you. He says, using the arm he had around me to flip me quickly onto my side. Now I'm facing him. Then it's a good thing I'm not tired. I say just before he pulls my face to his, his lips soft but strong and, wow, he is really, really kissing me. His mouth on mine is confident and so, so unlike it was before in the woods. There's a totally unexpected rush all through me that I don't have time to understand. Every thought and feeling running through my head at the speed of the train itself. Clark pulls away suddenly, breathlessly. Is this, um, <clears throat> is this all right? In response, I find myself pulling his lips back to mine, needing very badly something as solid as him on this transient tin can. He climbs on top of me. <sighs> God damn it. He says as he smacks the back of his head on the top bunk, he bites his lip in pain. Do, um, do you need me to check your pupils? He grins, leans down, comes close enough that his lips brush mine when he speaks. How do they look? I, I genuinely cannot tell. I mean, I am totally fine risking it. He says, kissing me again enthusiastically. I respond, beginning to unbutton his shirt. My fingers fumble in the dark. My lips, desperate to keep contact with his through my smile. God, I hate that you wear these. I will literally burn it tomorrow, he says as he traces my neck with his lips. I push him away for a second so I can whip off my shirt. Yeah, see, that is so much easier. His touch is light, but sure, like a rock skimming still water. I slowly, lingeringly, trail my fingers up his chest and back down again, pausing when I get to the waistband of his jeans. I stare up at him. Is this okay? This is already so much better than okay. And then he's kissing me so ardently and purposefully, I can think of nothing else. Later, I lie very still, afraid to wake Clark up. I can just see part of my face reflected back to me in the window. I study its long lines, his soft arm draped over me protectively. That was good. That was, that was good. Yeah, I mean, I was in control. It wasn't like when I kissed him in the woods and it was spontaneous and stupid. This was good. This made sense. And, and besides, I mean, our coming together, no pun intended, was inevitable. I mean, it was always going to happen. It's good that it happened on our terms, on his terms. Well, he's definitely going to help you kill me now, huh? I start when I hear Apollo's voice in the doorway. I turn my head up to him, or what's left of him.
His face is half its usual handsome self. The other half is bloodied and swollen. Gotta give you credit for offering him something I couldn't, though. He says, smiling and showing just how few teeth he has left. Even if you could, it would have been a little disappointing. My skin ripples with goosebumps as I follow the sound of the voice to the other side of the car. Iris is seated in a chair there, her blonde hair neatly braided, her eyes bright as ever, but her skin gray and cold-looking. Iris? I ask, panic creeping in. Shh, keep your voice down. She whispers. Yeah, I don't want him to wake up and expect round two. Apollo says as he saunters over to her. He sits on the arm of her chair. They stare at me. I appreciate this. You know, haunting him was no use. Fucker can't feel guilt. She's not doing it for you. She's doing it for Hera. Doesn't matter. Does it? I think it does for her. I try and respond, but no sound comes out of my throat. You think she'll fuck Talc, too? Oh, come on. I doubt she had sex with Clark just for his vote. He also said what? Like, one nice thing about her? Apollo shrugs. Doesn't matter, does it? Iris stands abruptly, drops to her knees in front of me. She reaches out and grabs my hand. Hers is clammy and cold, like something you'd pull out from the bottom of a lake. You'll need to take care of the bag. I don't know anything about the bag. She just smiles a little and pulls me to my feet. It's no fun if you just show her. Aren't you busy bleeding internally somewhere? Iris throws over her shoulder as she pulls me towards the door. I'm just in my underwear and a t-shirt and the air in the hall is cold, but... Iris doesn't notice. She takes me to the end of the car, pauses in front of the little red door labeled fire extinguisher within. She drums her fingertips on it, then backs up. I'm so very, very afraid to open it, but even more afraid not to. I pull the door open with a small squeak, and then I see it, a leather bag, stuffed into the cabinet. It's open. I reach inside, but find nothing. Why is this here? Why is this? But when I look up to ask Iris, she's gone. No one is in the hall. Except Clark, looking very, very concerned. Raya, how did you know that was there? Clark, I... I don't think we want him to wake up, do we? He says, gravely. Hera. I sit on the carpeted floor of the domed car for I don't know how long, eyes fixed on Apollo ten feet away. What an idiot he is to get himself and me into this fucking mess. I feel so stupid having to ask Purse to help me. What, save him? This isn't fair. After everything he did, I should be allowed to fucking hate him, guilt-free. Choosing whether he lives or dies, that isn't fair. I'd envisioned myself hundreds of times over the last few months just destroying Apollo. But when I was in Purse's car, I caught sight of myself in the darkened glass, asking her to help me save him. That's the real me, scared. I can't tell you why, but 
All I can tell you is I've never been more certain of anything than that we can't let this happen. We, hey, Hera. I turn to see Char and Eros at the top of the stairs. Char has his arm around a mattress. We gotta move him. It's what's best for all of us, Eros says, straightening. You too. You know that. I let him continue, trying to see the scrawny, stumbling kid who I had to make drink a glass of water before he passed out after a long night, who would sometimes slump over, fast asleep on my shoulder in the back seat, who was compassionate and trusting to a fault, getting busted for giving a joint to an undercover cop. Twice. The same guy. I don't know how my sister recognizes that goofy kid in this man. Shar approaches Apollo first. There would be no point in me trying to stop them now. I've lost. Maybe I've done enough? They drop the mattress beside him. Arrow steps towards his head, drops to his knees. You need to keep his head as still as possible. Here. I don't push Eros so much as will him away. He takes a step back, and I slide my hand under Apollo's head. Eros, get ready to slip the mattress under him as soon as we lift him. He says nothing. Got it? I ask. He nods, looking frankly a little scared. Good. Shar, one arm under his midsection, here, and the other around his knees. Shar nods and falls into place. I adjust my arm accordingly to keep Apollo's big head as still as possible. I place my hand in front of his nose, still breathing, stubborn as always. Ready? Three, two, one. And we lift him only six or so inches up while Arrow slides the mattress underneath him. You have to keep him on his side. Okay, Arrow says softly. He and Sharon lift the mattress carefully. Eros looks from him to me. It's going to make things easier. I hope it does for you. I tell him, knowing it won't. Whether it's drugs or drinking or Rhea or his hair or even Apollo, Eros is going to exercise everything else from his life before he realizes he is the artist of his own unhappiness. I watch them slowly descend the stairs. Why don't they just drag him? Put him out of his misery? There must be such a tiny hard wall between the place where they let Apollo die and the place where they kill him. The sun is beginning to rise outside, illuminating a small collection of buildings rapidly approaching. No sign of smoke or movement. They must still be sleeping. Lucky them. You okay? Talc asks. Yes. I wouldn't be, if I were you. Well, then it's lucky you aren't. He walks towards my voice, drags his fingertips along the long window. This is my favorite time of day. He slowly removes his dark glasses and puts them in his pocket. Not too bright outside, but just light enough no one has turned on anything in here. He takes a few steps closer to me. When I was a kid, I had a lot of seizures. Damaged the whole optic nerve. And now you can't see anything? No, everything is just too bright and is blurred into one big cloud of fog. I spent the first few years totally obsessed with what people thought about me. Couldn't read their faces, hand gestures. Hell, for all I knew, they'd walked away before I'd finished talking. I got so in my head about it, I tried to just be invisible. Hard to imagine Talk being any kind of self-conscious. His eyes are heavily lidded. 
I can just barely make out their light blue irises. He turns. And then I figured out how to fix the problem. Just ask them. He breaks into his little crooked smile. No, stop giving a shit. It didn't matter anymore if they lacked me or hated me or found me annoying. Only one person I gotta live with. He turns back towards the window, unaware of how close the little station is now. That's why I voted we get him help. Here is where I would like to point out that for a person who claims he doesn't care what people think, he spends an awful lot of time trying to get me to like him. I am sorry about everything he did to you. I think it's admirable you still want to help him. A real testament to your goodness. Could you not say that? I just... Everyone spends so much time talking about my fucking goodness. Maybe I just don't want him to die because that's too easy and out. Is that really it? No, I say, rubbing my temples. But maybe that's part of it. And I consider for a moment possibly trying to explain how. How, since we were 13, since we were old enough to even try to understand the responsibility placed on us, Apollo and I made a promise to each other to do this. To fix things and stick it out. And when we became chaperones, that may have shifted, but it didn't change that we knew what we were working for. Even after he started fucking around, even after I ended things, even after he killed Iris, the only thing he owed me was still this, to be around, for me to hate, but to be here. The train is slowing down. Talk says, he must feel it. There's a pounding on the steps. Hey, Char's going to knock on Rebecca's door, distract her. You guys should probably deal with whoever we're meeting. Rhea says, looking only at me. Char. She shrugs, classic Rhea. I know why Eros is doing this, but Rhea is a little trickier. I'm going to try to give her more credit than just going with whatever he says, but then what? He did this and she's protecting him. I doubt he'd confess to her. So she did this? No, no, the timeline is wrong. There was maybe only a 20 minute window I wasn't with her and that was the afternoon. Which leads me to the real reason I think Rhea is doing this. It's easy. It's easy to let him die. Just a second. Rhea nods, descends. We've pulled into some kind of station now. Everything is covered with snow and silent. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Winnipeg. Please remain on the train. Stay in your rooms. Rebecca says, has anyone been in their rooms at all tonight? Truman and Ford will exit to retrieve supplies. And, as promised, a pair of wide shoulders and dark-knit caps hop off the train and make sets of footprints in the pristine snow. You, uh, think the doors are locked? Talk says as he places his glasses back on, slides them up his long nose. He drags his hand along the window, feels his way towards the stairs at the back of the car. Char should be in Rebecca's car by now. I think I can hold off Rhea and Eros. Good luck he says before descending. I hear him slide open the door at the foot of the steps. Where is she? Rhea says as I cross to the stairs at the head of the car, the ones that will spit me out right by the door to the outside. I step lightly, making little noise on the metal stairs. I take a deep breath before opening that door. My exit from the train will need to be as fluid as possible. I'm definitely faster than Rhea. I look down at my shoes black boots. I'd be faster barefoot, but I've never ran anywhere in snow. I roll my shoulders, 
take a deep breath, clear my mind of any reason I might be doing this other than to do it. Then I throw open the door. Hey! Reyes shouts, but I don't turn to her. I grasp the big metal handle on the door, push, it grinds open, and I take off. Hera! Talc, get out of my... Rhea again, but I can't see her or Talc, who must be holding her back because I'm running across the white platform. I can't see Truman or Ford. Not that I'm looking for them, anyone, anyone else. My feet punch holes in the snow. A few inches deep, I slide to stop in front of a room labeled office. I pound on its door, but there's no... Hera! Rhea is now leaping out of the train. She lands, skids, falls. Eros is close behind her. He doesn't stop to help her up. I start running again, under an overhang and into the station. It's cold, but there's less snow in here. Only a few piles where the ceiling is broken. Broken. That's weird. Footsteps. I hear Eros and Rhea, and I start running again. Long strides. I feel every muscle in my body pull and contract like the perfect part of some machine. Arms pumping, breath appearing in thick clouds in my face. People, person, where is everyone? I make a quick impression of the inside of the station, a cavernous structure with a high, high ceiling. <sighs> Many doors, a few shops, news agents. I grab a paper as I pass. The date is from 10 years ago.